Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. I was telling our first gathering that I woke up yesterday with a twinge like neck and shoulder. And so if I look like a robot, that's, that's why. But I've, I've now come to the point where I realize I'm getting older and even sleeping is, you know, a high-risk activity. So pray for me. Um, I was at a church camp a couple of years ago and um, I was in a canoe with two friends and we were on the river just having a, a tranquil time rolling down the river in our canoe. It was picture perfect. And unbeknownst to uh, the two of us that were sitting in the back, the guy in the front, his name was AJ, he looked down at his feet and he saw a massive huntsman, like the size of his hand. I don't know what you would do in that situation. You know, I recently learned that um, chickens eat huntsmen. Did you know that? And so if you find a huntsman and you have chickens, you can pick up a chicken and you can go, just go take it to the huntsman and it'll just eat it. That's pretty awesome. Um, just free, free advice. Um, anyway, we didn't have a chicken in the, uh, in the canoe. And AJ thought the best thing to do was just to, just, to, just to bail. And so he just stood up, didn't say anything to us, just stood up and just jumped. And because of his reaction to the spider, we, we capsized, right? Without knowing what was going on. We're just like, what are you doing, mate? Um, and we go through life like that all the time, right? People's actions and reactions always just cause and bump into us. There is just like eight billion of us wandering around the world, stumbling into each other. I don't know if you've felt that, you know, that you just, the kind of, the bumping against one another. Maybe someone's drama comes up against you. Maybe someone's um, unrealistic expectations of you or unmet expectations bump up against you. I don't know what sort of stuff you face, but we all face this in our life, this kind of action and reaction and the kind of the bumping. How do we navigate life when people are bumping into us? We've been um, looking at a series called What Sort of Kingdom Is This? We're finishing it this morning. We've been working through Luke chapter 13, uh, verse by verse. And we've been looking at the fact that it is a fruitful king. And there is a kingdom that Jesus is bringing. He's bringing a new government and a new, new reign, heaven to earth. That is his his mission. It's a fruitful kingdom. It's a healing kingdom. It's an expanding kingdom. It's a saving kingdom. And I want to speak this morning just from our last passage here, our last couple of verses in Luke uh, chapter 13 of a differentiated kingdom. I'll explain what that means in a second, a differentiated kingdom. But if you want to read with me, Luke chapter 13, verse 31. At that same time, At that time, sorry, some Pharisees said to him, get away from here if you want to live. They're talking to Jesus. Herod Antipas, who was the governor of the time, wants to kill you. Jesus replied, this is an absolute burn. I don't know if it is or not, but go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I've wanted to gather your children together 
as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned. And you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. A differentiated kingdom. Um, that term differentiated comes from um, Bowen theory or family systems theory. And it's this idea that we are individual people. And there are a bunch of different ways that we can connect to others in our world. There are a bunch of different options. There are some unhealthy ways and there are some healthy ways. Um, in the unhealthy kind of level, you have enmeshed. When you become enmeshed with some, someone, overly connected with, to someone. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. You've you become overly invested in what one person thinks. Or, you know, people talk about codependent relationships. But this happens in all sorts of subtle ways. You know, you make different adjustments because you know that person won't be happy with you. Or, you know, different things go on because you just feel so connected to what that person thinks. They become overly enmeshed. On the other, spe- on the other end of that spectrum is you can just become detached. You can walk through life with a distance between you and other people because you're trying to protect yourself, Right? You're trying to keep some protection between you and another person. You don't want to get hurt. But the best way, that's spelt wrong. That sucks. Um, The best way to live through life is differentiated. Differentiated. To be connected yet separate. To be connected yet different. To be well connected to the people around you yet hold your own ground. To know yourself and to know what's not yourself. And Jesus, I think, was the most well-differentiated person to ever walk the face of the earth. And he's got a bit of a masterclass to show us through these scriptures. Knowing who we are and knowing who we are not. To be deeply connected, yet deeply different. Another way to translate that word differentiated would be to, to be holy, to be separate, to be whole, but yet still connected. That's what God is to us. And so in this story that I just read out, there are three kind of relationships going on. Jesus and the Pharisees, Jesus and Herod, and Jesus and Jerusalem, the whole city of Jerusalem. I want to show you Jesus' response to each of these different groups of people and how he reacts. Number one, Jesus and the Pharisees. So verse 31 says, at that time, some Pharisees said to him, notice some Pharisees, some Pharisees have come up and said, They're warning him of this kind of situation that's happening. Often we give Pharisees a bad rap, that they're the bad guys. They're the ones that Jesus is railing against all the time. And it's important to note here that people are never all bad or all good. It's never black and white like that. Sometimes people are helpful and they want to help. Sometimes they want to hurt you. And we're all a mixed bag. It's really important to remember that and not other people. Um, So it goes on. At, At that time, some Pharisees said to him, get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Now, I don't know if you catch this in in the moment, but there's like a fair bit of anxiety in the air. Like this is a group of people coming to tell Jesus that someone wants to kill him. I don't know if you've ever had that situation in your life. I have not, but I imagine it is an anxious situation to live in. This is the same dude, Herod, who was the governor of the region, who killed his cousin John, beheaded him, right? So this is real stuff. This isn't just like an empty threat. And um, so, so the the Pharisees are coming with this kind of message of anxiety. And we know that anxiety can be infectious. It can be contagious. You know, when there's, a, when there's someone anxious and when there's two people fighting, you've ever felt it in the room, it just becomes like infectious. It just infects the whole room. But this is what Jesus does. Um, 
an enmeshed response to the Pharisees uh, for Jesus would be to catch the anxiety, to play into this kind of anxious message that they're bringing, to like freak out and start going, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The detached response, the kind of overly separate response, is to ignore the anxiety. And I don't know which one of those two things you tend to want to do, to like play into the anxiety that's going on, or to ignore it, to run away, to run from the grief, to run from the danger. That's, that's me. Like, I don't want to, I don't get too caught up in people's anxiety. I just, I just leave. Um, but the best response, and Jesus is teaching us here, is a differentiated response. And this is what he says. So the, they come with this message, and he says this, Go tell that fox, I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and the third day I will accomplish my purpose. The third day he's kind of alluding to his death and his resurrection. What Jesus responds to the Pharisees is that I've, I've got a calling here. I've got a purpose here. I know that there's a dude out there who wants to kill me. I know you guys are freaking out about it, but I've got some things to do. I'm going to keep on healing people. I'm going to keep on casting out demons, and I'm going to continue to accomplish my purpose. So that's the first relationship going on. The second one is between Jesus and Herod, who is the governor. This is where the message is coming from. And um, Herod, he's... he's He's a, he's a nasty dude. He wants to kill Jesus. The enmeshed response to Herod from Jesus would be to um, just let Herod kill him, right? Just to die, just to, just to give in to the will of what Herod wants, right? That's an enmeshed response. Okay, you want this? I'll just, I'll just go along. You've ever had like really big personalities in your life or been overly connected to someone and you just know, oh, it's just easier for me to just go along with what they want, even though I know it's not the right thing for me. It's a really easy response. The other response, the detached response, would be just to run from reality, to pretend that there's not an issue there, to pretend that there's not an issue between Jesus and Herod. But he does neither of those things. His differentiated response is this. I'm going to continue on towards my calling. He says this in verse 33. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. What he's basically saying is, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in Jerusalem. I'm not going to die in, in your territory. It's not going to be by you. It's going to be by some other people. And that is Jesus' response. That I'm going to continue on towards my mission. Elsewhere, um, in John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says, No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down and I want, when I want to and also to take it up again. This is a differentiated being. Jesus knows what's his and what's not. He knows that his authority is to lay his life down and to take it up again. It's not someone else to force that on him. Um, that's a differentiated response. I'm reminded of, you know, the call from Jesus to take up your cross. He, he calls his disciples, take up your cross and follow me. And there's something very different to taking up your own cross, laying down your own sacrifice, and being forced on a cross to be crucified. And there's a really subtle difference there, but a really important one. As followers of Jesus, we can never be, the, the cross of Jesus can never be forced on us. The way of Jesus can never be forced on us. We actually have to pick it up and carry it ourselves. It's no one else's responsibility. It's no one else's action or reaction. It is actually our response. And when it comes to the sacrifice that you give towards Jesus, when it comes to following Jesus in your own way, you actually have to take that up yourself. You can't be, for, it can't be forced upon you. No one can put you on the cross as much as they might want to. The third set of relationships here is between Jesus and Jerusalem. Um, 
And in the first two instances, the Pharisees want something from Jesus to, you know, buy into the anxiety, to run away, to be safe. Herod wants something from Jesus. He wants to harm Jesus. But in the relationship between Jesus and Jerusalem, Jesus actually wants something from Jerusalem, which is like the center of kind of the religious activity. This is like the hot spot of kind of the Jewish faith, the story. It's where the temple is. Everything's going on. And everything in um, the Gospel of Luke is leading up to this moment. In fact, we're in the midst of uh, Luke chapter 9 to Luke chapter 19. Is all these stories of Jesus on his way to Jerusalem where he will eventually die and raise again. Um, And so here's what it says. This is Jesus speaking to Jerusalem. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. It's really important. How often I've wanted to gather your children together. So this is what Jesus wants. I want to gather you. I want to protect you. You're kind of my people. I want, to, I want to gather you in. I want to show you the right way. But he says this, but you wouldn't let me. This is a differentiated response. This is what I want to do, but that's not what you want. And so then he goes on. He says, um, and now look, your house is abandoned. You will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And this is a brilliant lesson for us to learn. Because if Jesus faces people that don't want to follow his will, like they don't want to cooperate with what he's doing, how much more in our life, in our everyday relationships, will we face the same thing? We want something from someone and they don't want to give it to us, right? Or whatever, we go through this all the time. And we can learn from Jesus, the most differentiated being on the planet of the earth. The enmeshed response for Jesus and Jerusalem is to make the decision for Jerusalem. He says, I want to gather you. I want to protect you. The enmeshed response, the unhealthy response is, I'm going to, I know what's best for you. I'm just going to do it, right? I'm going to call in angels. We're going to, we're going to drag you in, kicking and screaming, and I'm going to gather you in, and I'm going to protect you because I know what's best. And he does know what's best, but that's not what he does. The detached response is to pretend that he doesn't care, that that's what he wants to do. Present, oh, I don't even care about you guys, you know? I don't care. I don't care that much. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's all good. But the differentiated response is that I've got a calling here. I'm coming to to Jerusalem. We know the story ends with him laying down his life as a sacrifice and raising again. And Jerusalem now can choose how it responds to Jesus. Jesus is saying, I've I've got a mission here. I'm going to follow my purpose. I want to gather you together. I want to protect you guys, but I know you don't want that. I'm just going to continue on my calling. And you can either respond to me by saying, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, which is a quote from Psalm 118, or you can respond by rejecting me. And it turns out that they do both of those things. Um, In chapter 19, Jesus finally arrives to Jerusalem, and he enters in this like kingly procession. All these people come out. And they lay palms down. It's Palm Sunday, the, the, um, the Sunday before Easter. And they quote this psalm. They say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so they do respond in that way. And then later on, a week later, they, the crowd turns on him and starts crying, crucify him. And we're all kind of like that as well. We're our mixed bag. We kind of turn and shift and change because we're fickle people. <laughs> Will Jerusalem greet Jesus by killing him or by welcoming him? The answer is both. And in this story, 
I think if, if I was to place us anywhere as a character in that story, I think we are Jerusalem. We're Jerusalem. Jesus' kingdom is coming. That's what we've been talking about. Jesus' kingdom is coming whether we like it or not. Jesus is coming again to recreate the world, to make it new, to make it right, to, bring the, to turn things the right way up, to bring shalom and wholeness and reconciliation. He is coming. He's continuing on his calling, whether we like it or not. And our response can be either crucify him or blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And here's the thing, Jesus will not make that decision for us because he is a well-differentiated person. He's not going to force something on us. We get to make that decision. He'll not force a response on us. Jesus is the most differentiated person in history. Jesus is continuing in on his calling and he cries out. He says, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, how I want to gather you under my wings. O greenhouse, greenhouse, how I want to gather you under my wings. The choice is, will we let him do that or not? I'd love to just take a few moments of silence. You might want to close your eyes, plant your feet firmly on the ground, just to breathe and bring yourself back here. Jesus' kingdom is coming. He's bringing a new government and a new reign. Maybe that word picture is helpful of Jesus gathering us together like, like chicks under his wings. The response for you is today, do you want to yield to what Jesus wants? Do you want to say yes? Or do you want to say no? Maybe just in a few moments of silence is just some space between you and Jesus to respond however you want to respond. Remember again, Jesus is well differentiated. He's not going to make that decision for you. He's continuing on his calling. But what will your response be? Crucify him, reject him, or say blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a decision we make every day, every moment. (laughs) Because we're all mixed bags. Sometimes we say crucify him and sometimes we say blessed is the one. But today, as we gather at 11.21 on a Sunday morning in Long Jetty, it's an opportunity once again to come and say yes to the coming kingdom. Just take a few moments of silence.